0: To KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, eighty eight point one and ninety two point three FM. This is Outspoken. Welcome back. This is Outspoken. That was our awkward, I know, awkward
1: intro. Sorry, it is another beautiful <laughs> Sunday. It is quite beautiful. And a hot, messy one,
0: as always. Your as boys promised. are back. Mm-hmm.
1: And we've been out doing amazing things. Yes, uh, speaking have. of, one of us was yeah. on vacation.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, me and my boy Cole took a trip down to Denver, Colorado. Love Colorado. Um, yeah, we uh, th- we actually I did the odometer thing where I selected a trip. Uh, 3,000 miles we drove total mm-hmm. um a mm-hmm. long way uh it was about it was 1500 fun. there about. yeah yeah exactly well and then we drove around there and uh mm-hmm. it was it was fun we we did quite a few things um on the way there we stopped in uh billings to see some family of his um driving down through that part of wyoming was of course the most awful thing ever i remember uh how much jonathan hates it i, I hated it do not um, like wyoming. I exactly that side of wyoming i was like oh my mm. god and
1: now you understand my yeah. picture of flipping Wyoming off as yeah, we left.
0: Absolutely. Because it's so good. It's, yeah. I mean, that, that that's, mm. ugh. So it took us, but well, funny thing, we stopped in Wyoming to get sushi, which is a mistake. It wasn't bad, but a mistake. I'm going to um, stop in a landlocked state
1: to it, have sushi. To seafood. have sushi. Yeah, I don't know
0: why. <laughs> it, was, it was on our well, mind. We were
1: sick for 12 days. I don't understand. We
0: didn't actually get sick, which we thought we would. We were like, right? get ready to throw up. Um, But it was fun. uh, Did a lot, a lot of stuff. Went to all of the things you do at Denver, um, (laughs) you know, museums, you know, know, aquarium zoo and stuff like that. Cole and I decided, well, I decided to take Cole. Um, He protested the whole way. Uh, up to the top of Mount Evans, which is the tallest, the highest U, uh, mm-hmm. paved road in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, at 14,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's sheer drops most of the time. And Cole hates heights. Oh. So um, it was rough. I and feel we for him. I understand. Yeah, we got to the top and it was just blizzard. It was snowing and blizzard. Isn't that in the, the weirdest of, thing? The middle of August, so that yeah. was that was crazy. Oh my gosh! But and it was so for
1: your anniversary. I think yeah, exciting. congratulations.
0: Yeah. One year, so that's no, c- that's crazy. Congratulations, uh, Cole, for you. surviving Sergey for yep, a yes, year. That speak. is, he <laughs> does deserve <laughs> something here because you. Know. I think that trip.
1: I love it. I love that you chose Colorado
0: because I love yeah. Colorado. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. that's fun. Yeah, you it was get so to much experience
1: an adventure together. I think that's important for all couples. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. To go.
1: I mean, you may be... Can avoid Wyoming, but other than
0: that, well, yeah. on our way back we decided to go through Yellowstone, which, which was is the, the more one, pretty yes, side, the, the, the one corner of OK, Wyoming, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to camp and we're uh, prepared for a you know forty-five degree night, fifty degree mm-hmm. night in the summer. It was thirty and we froze, oh my and goodness. it was pretty awful. Well, you lost me at camp, so... Yeah, right. Well, and uh, I, Cole hasn't really been proper camping, so I was going to show him, and oh. I don't think he's convinced. Uh, yeah, in the 30 uh, degrees. You know. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we were wearing sweaters and blankets. Right, and at least you
1: didn't get attacked by any of the wildness in
0: Wyoming. Yeah, that was his other fear.
1: Uh, right, I don't blame yeah. him. It's so. Wyoming. It Bad is Wyoming. Bad things happen yeah. in Wyoming.
0: Yeah, well, we, could, we were going to get there at 5 um, to Yellowstone, and we get to the gates and they're like, Well, this road is closed because of fires. So we had to take a four hour detour through mm-hmm. Idaho uh, to get to the to Wyoming. So we yeah. missed half of it, but that's, that's fine. That's crazy. Speaking of Anyways. fires, we've had yeah. while you were gone, every year heck? you leave in August somewhere.
1: What the heck? And Spokane tries to burn down. I think I'm trying to find the connection, but it's always when you leave. Yeah. Right. And so you always end up texting me going, did I hear that there's a fire? I'm like, yeah, yeah you're not here. So, mm. But, no, so here's the thing. So the, yeah, you okay? the breathing well, here on. has been crazy for yeah. a lot of people who have issues. Yeah. Um, I actually went home. I did a half day of work when the fires first broke out because mm-hmm. I sometimes have those issues. But, you know, I'm doing pretty good while well, I get a call yeah. the uh, yesterday. Right? And one of my friends, I got a call from my friend's husband, is in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And ends up that she has COPD. She didn't know it, but the breathing had gotten so bad for her oh my God. that she up in the er they send her to the hospital then they say well guess what it's the smoke is bad and you have copd so my friend's like can you please she needs comic relief and i'm like that is what yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, i'm i here um, so i call my friend lisa yeah. and we're like let's go make marie laugh so we go up to the hospital and get lost because jonathan can't doesn't know where he's going <laughs> oh, and so, hospitals are huge right and and so we we finally well we took a break yeah. so okay. seventh okay. floor Sacred Heart. Yeah. And then we took a wrong turn. I don't know. We ended up in the doctor's lounge, okay. which is okay with me because <laughs> okay. I thought maybe there's a It's in a doctor, different building, but that's right. Fine. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'm tired. Let's take a break. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, nurse found us and we're like, oh, we're looking for Marie. Uh, you know. And so we finally get there. And what's interesting is, you know what a fan of doctors I am and how I feel like I could probably put a white coat on and guess because that's what I feel like they do most of the mm-hmm. time. So for poor Marie... They're like, this is how the doctor diagnoses her. Okay, so mm, we're either going to go with pneumonia or bronchitis. But I think we're going to go with bronchitis. I'm like, did you just put a chart on the wall, throw a dart, and said, this is what you have? I'm like, does you want your doctor to sound confident. Right, right. Not we're going to go with. It could be this. It might be this. We're going to go with this. Well, what's worse is we have also lost George. So the nurses keep coming in looking for George. And by
0: loss, you mean he actually wandered off. Uh, Yeah. yeah, And they don't know where George is. So
1: George is gone. We cannot... They can't find the humidifier to put in Marie's room. So I am convinced that George has stolen the humidifier and is off. And then they keep calling a code over the loudspeaker. And it's a code purple, which we find out is a missing person. (laughs) But that missing person was in a purple dress. So it wasn't George unless maybe George is wearing a purple purple dress dress, and carrying a humidifier. How hard is it to find (laughs) that person? And so what we did is, so me and Lisa decided to find out what all the codes are. So if you're in the hospital and you hear code great, it means someone's being combative. So maybe stay away from wherever that is. If you hear code silver, that means there is an active shooter. So they tell the patients that if you hear code silver, just get out of your bed and push your bed to the door to block whoever's out there. But I'm thinking if I'm in the hospital, yeah. most likely I'm probably not active enough. Like with the broken or my or strength something. isn't, yeah. you know, where I can a hospital bed that has it's heavy that I'm gonna right. drag that across and if I can, maybe I'm okay to discharge from the hospital because yeah. I'm feeling like so. Fascinating. So then, Lisa and I decide maybe we want to test some things. Maybe mm. call on the loudspeaker, code chartreuse, and just see what happens. Code coral, salmon. <laughs> I want to see what's going to bring the gay doctors out. <laughs> so we get there, we we definitely armchair doctored. Okay, for the doctors, right? And we were like, you guys need to bring her like robitussin, something that's going to break up. That stuff in her lung, because obviously we know better than the doctors. Well, yeah, of course, I, you know. I'm not going to say the doctors were fans of ours, but we thought you can't find George who is carrying the humidifier that's supposed to be in here with Marie. So I'm just telling you, we are trying to help you manage your crazy. Right. Because it's
0: crazy. Uh, and that's so true. Yeah. I mean, that's how
2: hospitals are
1: nowadays. It's true.
0: You get people lost. People
1: Houston, wander off. Do you agree? Because you spend too much time at the hospital. Yeah. I don't you, spend that much time at <laughs> the hospital. Not anymore, but you used to. <laughs> Did you that. ever get lost or have to move your bed to the door?
2: I've never <laughs> had to move my bed. I didn't know that was a thing either. Right? So, yeah. That we should be ins- like a big sign. We were instructed.
1: Yeah.
0: Or uh, you know what? Why don't they have automatic closing doors that if there's a shooter, people <gasps> are
1: isolated. In. But what if the shooter's in your room and you locked the shooter in the room with you? The know presence? what telling it's you, a sacrifice comes <laughs> there? There are angles. Yeah, I'm just telling you, there just are angles saying. to look yeah. at. Yeah. Houston, were you ever? Were you ever lost? Did they ever lose you? Uh, no. Hey, they I, lost George and they lost Sergei. So I, I mean, they forgot
0: <laughs> me at the hospital. They yeah, literally. I they checked in, and existed. an hour later, they're like, "You're not even on this list." Hello, <laughs> right, I'm sitting right here, right here with the bracelet.
2: I've been, yeah, I I've, I've been here up. for three hours. No, nah, I've gotten pretty lucky at the hospital for the most part. Oh, even really? going to urgent care or just. So th- for, for all
1: listeners, if you have to go to urgent care or the hospital first, call Houston because he is the good luck charm, and just <laughs> yeah.
2: take him with you. Well, I, mean, you I know? would not say I'm good luck by any means. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, not for yourself. No, <laughs> yeah, for maybe sure. for others. Yeah. It's funny because sure. I, you know, you, I hear urgent cares are better than ERs, but I've never had good luck with that either. Mm-mm. Last time, I just try to avoid. Yeah. I think basically Do, I'm just please.
1: rolling yeah. the dice and hoping. Because we all know what I think about my knee issue. Right. I've been to 8,000 different doctors. Finally, we took x-rays after two months. I I just thought maybe that's where you start, but apparently not. No. And so we started started getting answers, but even my orthopedic guy finally looks at me. I'm like, here's the deal. He's like, do you want to do an MRI? Yes, because I don't want guessing anymore. I feel like he's like, well, yeah, and to be honest with you, even looking at the x-rays, I'm pretty much guessing. Thank you first of all for being honest. Secondly, I'm gonna go make a lot of money and like not pay attention in med school and be a doctor, because that's yeah. apparently how this works. So your guess is as good as mine. You're welcome. Here's eight hundred
0: dollar bill. Just right, saying. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we never know what's going on with our bodies, doctors included. No, it's true. Apparently.
1: It's all it's all that they may have a little more education but they well, still don't get it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, how are we how are we at a point in in our world where we can Actually ask Google how old like princess you know, Cleopatra was when she right. was in. Can, I don't we know. Can we can look that pinpoint up. and that down exactly to, to the month, yeah. basically, but we can't know what's going on in our bodies. <laughs> no. I mean, it's like. Yeah. And then
1: what are you going to do with someone like me who goes to WebMD where my doctor has told me to stop going yeah. to WebMD because I, I walk in and I'm yeah. convinced my big toe has cancer. Yeah, absolutely. Because I read it on WebMD because it hurt in a yeah. very specific way. And my doctor's like, please don't. Yeah, because his job is hard enough to, to keep me alive <laughs> without me oh adding God. non-existing issues. Yeah, to the thing. Yep. Anyways, Absolutely. also I do want to mention one one big thing. Okay, my waist now is thirty. That's awesome. What is happening? Thirty. Like you what? and now I the have... upper part of my body is not, but my waist is a thirty. Well,
0: you know what? You and I can wear the same pants now. Isn't that well, crazy? Well, mine will be a little longer. Than yeah, th- I mean slightly, but th- th- that, you know. Despite that. We can wear know. the same shorts. There I you go. I think
1: that's <laughs> crazy. Right, right. Mine will look like board shorts. Yeah. On and you, they are like, you runner know. Runner shorts. Yeah. Like, just tiny. <laughs> it's perfect. <Yeah. laughs> perfect. I know. I'm really excited about that. I don't know when it happened. That's amazing. So I, I know I'm Congrats. hungry a
0: lot. That's all I know. <laughs> that's good. Keep it up. Anyways, Keep up the good work. Anyways, Houston. It means you're winning. I know. Yeah.
1: Houston, you're about to... You're about to be a father. No, we're. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> no. but I was going to say, we, you are our infamous, uh, awesome <laughs> intern, lasted the longest, and we're going to be bringing on new interns pretty quick here. You get to be their mentor. Their guide? Their guide. Oh, no, great. I'm Isn't that not, scary for I apologize everyone? now. If you're listening to this, I apologize now. You know.
2: Right. I love it. But hey, what have, what have you been doing? What's your uh, I got to make a day Seattle trip, which is with always my best fun. friend, So that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that was my uh, yearly Seattle trip. Love yeah, it so yearly. I got that in. Yeah, I ever... you got you got to frequent that. You got to be more. I often. try. Come on, it doesn't work. It oh. never happens. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> yes, that's truth. Come and um, what else have I been doing? Oh, in the computer at Domino's. Okay. I am officially assistant manager. Oh, my God. It's done. It's it's full on. You've been knighted with the pizza box. I have. I have not seen- A breadstick. There you go. There you go. (laughs) I have not seen the pay increase yet, but (laughs) in the computer, and I can open and close the store on my own now, and stuff like that. Um, And I also got one of our driver's to listen to this show through podcast oh, form you did that's not. awesome look at that because most is... of the drivers always have at least a headphone in or something right. and they're yeah. listening to whatever. wow they don't wait
0: on the car radio and there's like maybe headphones. like Bluetooth, well but what if you know, they're it just transfers. Oh, okay. yeah and what if True. they're not when
1: we're live they're just he's getting them to just listen what show did True. you have them listen to
2: she said she started a year ago oh, oh my God. wow because wow. i said i tell her we just get better with, with time year. Year. we're like a fine yeah. line that's yeah, what I said. I, I'm like, wait right. until I start right. being weird on the air. Like I love I it. All yeah. future
1: interns, if you're listening, that's what you have to do. You have to tell your friends. You have to listen to the show. Yeah,
2: this exactly. What that's, that's what you do. That's what you do. So, yeah, plug the show and plug the podcast. Awesome. And look at that. One. Oh, yeah. Go. That's
0: what I'm saying. That's what it's like to be assistant manager. You just plug Look at him.
1: Podcast. Look at him go. Uh, right. But that little <laughs> pay increase, I'll be watching. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. keeping yeah. an yeah. eye yeah. out I for guess. that. I don't that's know if I deserve it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if you can open and close now, yeah. I mean, I think that's a responsibility. That's know your value, Houston. Come on. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. We have faith in our Houston.
0: Okay. You know, we should probably take a song break because pretty soon here we will be talking to Angela McCulski. M- McCluskey. McCluskey. And we have a f- she's
1: our future, she's our featured artist this show. She we're gonna is. do a featured artist, which means all of the music for this show is, is gonna be her. her. Or or featuring yeah. her. It's it's yeah. her music. It's well, awesome. That's exciting. I love doing featured artists. I know.
0: So this is gonna be uh actually the big gigantic uh featuring Angela McCluskey. Uh you are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, eighty eight point one and ninety-two point three FM. Now, our next guest is a true siren in the greatest, most
1: classic sense of the word. Her voice has been compared to such legends as Billie Holiday and Nina Simone, yet her style is very much on a future momentum of sound. Her newest album, The Roxy Sessions, will release in the beginning of September, but now you can hear her talking with the boys, and we are very excited to welcome Angela McCluskey to the program. Angela, are you there?
3: I certainly am. What a wonderful
1: introduction. Thank you. Oh, well, you definitely deserve it. <laughs> Your bread of work is so much fun, and I love listening to it. I just can't get enough of it. And the new album is amazing. So let's start there. I read a story that you can tell me if it's true that intrigued mm-hmm. me about how the seeds of the album kind of began uh, to be planted. Is it true that you do something called time warp parties? Yes. <clears throat> it was...
3: Um, it, it came out of um, like a, 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 a need to do something really spectacular, rather than just another show, you know, another gig and kind uh-huh. of things like that. So I wanted to do something really exciting for the for the audience as well, something that they could get really. I'm fed up with people not dressing up. That's basically my real problem. <laughs> Everybody doesn't dress up, you yeah. know. So <laughs> I decided to pick <laughs> I decided to pick a film, right? A decade,
4: mm-hmm. okay.
3: um, and then you know t- try and recreate a scene from the movie. It was a big. I gave myself a big challenge. I have to say. <laughs> But um, I had worked on, I'd done a track with Boardwalk Empire. Yes. And, um, <clears throat> and I realized how much I love the 20s music. You know, I never really realized it before. And working with an orchestra was brilliant. Oh, And oh I my thought, God. you know, like the old movies, like uh, the 20s and the 30s. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know The Thin Man. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, I love it when people say, oh, yeah, instead of like, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? The oh, yes. What? Is that yeah. a diet show? <laughs> you know, but... um basically I, I i picked um a scene from one of the the thin man where she's she's looking for uh nick and nora charles and she's mm-hmm. looking for him she walks out, and they go out for the night and you know they go to the supper club and she's got the fur over her shoulders and they yes. got the bandstand and all the gorgeous little tables around it uh, and i thought i want to make that and then i want to have dancers yeah. I, I mean i was <laughs> doing the whole the whole hog and um I I started it in New York. I made this fabulous. It started with an invite. I thought if I make the invite look really cool, you know, right. maybe they won't get so frightened. <laughs> and then I sent them. A, I sent all my uh, the the invited audience uh, a video link to the Thin Man. And um, oh, wow. you know, a lot of people don't like dressing up, but I literally said you have to dress up, even <laughs> if it's like because the the twenties is just yeah. like a headband and some beads, you know. So yeah. Yeah. You can
1: oh yeah. it's like not that up. hard. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So um. I have to say, um, I don't know if you've seen the videos, but they're, they're, the videos are um, on YouTube and yes. they're uh, with the, you and me, the, the little video you see mm-hmm. of the very first time warp that we did at the Roxy mm-hmm. Hotel were oh. in Django's, where the, you know, the Django's is beautiful. It's like one yeah. of these 1960s um, uh, french Parisian sort of like blacks where everybody's just clinking around. Yeah. And um, I did that, and, and it was an enormous success. I mean, it was December, it was three feet of snow, and oh. everybody... Oh my God! To the name, so you've yeah. got to see the video, guys. Yes, see that that that'll give you the idea. I mean, literally, just look up my name and Time Warp, and ba-bomb, it'll be there. There it is. Well, we'll and,
0: uh, yeah, we'll post the video on our Facebook so that all of our listeners can uh, can watch that and know what you're talking about. I mean, y- this 20 style is such a classic, amazing style. What what resonated so much with uh, the style this time around? I'll tell I mean, you, what
3: resonated more than anything actually uh, was the the um. The dancing and the music and the fact that it was it had uh had a real sophistication and and you could you know when we start playing this music I noticed that we're, we're so unhip do you know what I mean we're mm-hmm. like so unhip we'll be we'll be <laughs> we'll be hip forever because when you're hip you just have a time you know you have a little limit don't you you know whether you're doing this music or that music this this is very timeless and I noticed yeah. when I'm on the stage it doesn't matter what age the people are they'll be sitting there like looking really shy and within three and a half minutes they're all up dancing and that's what, what the dancing is what resonates with the flappers and the fabulous charleston and all the you know it's oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. sexy it's sexy it's gorgeous and everybody's just is, is smiling and talking to us and i call it a speakeasy because then they yeah. think they're going somewhere that they're not allowed to be and you know, <laughs> right, all that exactly. kind of
1: stuff well yeah, i have to tell you true. your your music so we're playing you all throughout our show today you are our featured artist and just before you were on we were playing um little things yeah, oh, the, yeah, the little things, yeah. And uh Sergei and I all we were doing was dancing. Oh, it That's was hard not to. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You are you I just would... inspire <laughs> that. Yeah.
3: Excellent. I love people <laughs> dancing. That's the only thing we should be doing. Right. And and, and, and the big gigantic song is such a great track. Oh. It's such a feel good track. Isn't it, it even is. myself? Really is. I if I hear it I'm like, you know, shake a little booty. It's so great. I love it. I yeah,
1: love it's it. Well, and speaking of the Roxy Sessions, the album that's coming out, uh, I believe September 9th, actually, so in just about a week, you've said about this album that it's a record that celebrates coming through it all, the success, the failure, the heartache, yeah. and despair, and yeah. finding yourself being a little less traumatic about love and more intent on yeah. you know, celebrating the little things. Yeah. What, can you speak to that?
3: I mean, basically, you know, everybody worries about, we all have these Especially nowadays, there's such an enormous pressure on the kids to, to you know, they have this thing where they want to. Be, everybody wants to be famous, you know, and oh, they yeah. don't realize that actually being famous is really kind of miserable. Um, you know, I worked very, very early on before I was in music. I worked with, with a lot of bands and a lot of friends of mine were pretty well known. And I would see the kind of, you know, it could be miserable. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. You still have to be in a bus or a plane or whatever. You still have to be in a hotel. Right. And it can get kind of lonely, especially if you're a girl on your own. Um, and you know, I had years and years with them um, with telepop music. We would tour and I was with 15 French guys.
4: chain walking
3: oh. on a tour bus and speaking French and my French is really dodgy so <laughs> you know to get their attention I would have to be the like, extra funny extra on extra fabulous right. and that was a lot of pressure you know
4: because yeah. Yeah. Right. you would
3: always think oh my god they're really bored with me this is awful you know <laughs> and I think when you're younger you have this pressure to be well I did you know I'm a bit of a perfectionist I, I have to be brilliant if I'm going to do something I have to be brilliant and right. yeah I'm a really lazy person because I hate practicing you know I can't <laughs> I can't play anything I mean I I, I, I wish I could my husband's a uh, an amazing classical pianist and film oh, composer wow. and, and, you know, he's taught me a few little bits and pieces sure, but yeah. I'm impatient so I think what I learned to do is just come to terms with my impatience and just embrace it just think, like you know what? Just do what you can do right. and 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 just be, you know, and stop thinking, you know, when I was younger it was like, you have to be skinny, you have to be this, right. you have to be... You can just sing, um, you know, and, and it's very difficult as a, as a woman in a band with like five guys, or whatever, you're always constantly mm-hmm. looking in the mirror and the thing is, all I ever wanted to I remember I'd be on stage in, like, Glastonbury or in Moscow, St. Petersburg. Hundreds of thousands of people And I be literally on the stage in my head, thinking, "I hope they've 24-hour room service." That's all be <laughs> going through my
4: head, and I'd
3: be like, "I, I hope they have, hope they have like AMC classics, you know, and that <laughs> kind of stuff." I mean, yeah. I remember in Russia being so homesick that they had, uh, they had like Law and Order on. And in Russia, they, they dub everything with the, a Russian guy does everybody's voice. Yes. Oh, 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 everybody speaks like that. Yep. But underneath, you could hear the American accents. I had the, the thing turned up so loud just to hear the little American accent. Oh, oh
0: my gosh. I know,
3: sad. That's sad. <laughs> so such... anyway, it's, it's, you know, coming in terms with it all in even this album, for instance, all of my other solo albums are very. You know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit anxious. And you know, my the things we do, the record I did with Blue Dot was uh, with mm-hmm. The,
4: mm-hmm.
3: a wonderful guy called Nathan Larson. We did it in a railway station in uh, in oh, wow. Sweden in wow. two days. You know, we did like oh, eight goodness. songs in two days, and um, it's all very like, you know, who's oh, me? You
4: know, <laughs> this and that and the whole thing.
3: And then and this time, I just thought I want to do a record that you put on and you're just happy from the yeah. minute it starts to the minute ends so that. When it ends, if you're in the car and you're halfway through it, you don't get out of the car. I like yeah. to call it the stay in the car and listen, if it's that good. If it's a stay in the car and listen song, yeah. you know. And this record took almost, to be honest, nine years. I started uh, working with Kieran Shahani. who was He was in Sweet and uh, oh and um, I was in Telepop yeah. Music and I'd be coming through LA and he's such a talented guy. I would we'd just throw it together, you know, at that point, I was obsessed with Francois Hardy uh-huh. and all the 60s stuff, you know, oh, 60s yeah. French, you know, you know, that. Really, mm-hmm. everybody's wondering about Paris looking gorgeous. So I thought we'd do a couple like that. So that's where you and me came from and Paris to Hollywood. Yeah. And then uh. a few, a few, about like a year later, we did um, uh, Insufficient Feeling, I think. Or, or, and then Or Is It Me, which was Dub Reggae. I mean, the record's all over the place. Right. And to be honest, the first time I listened to it was about three weeks ago when we mastered it. I sat down. And I put the earphones on and I listened to it from the very beginning to the end. And at the end, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a really good album." You know, I was normally I always picking and I'm picking at that, right. I'm picking at this. I don't sound good there. I do And I was just like, "This is a brilliant." If somebody gave me this album, I'd be really jealous, right? <laughs> sure. I was like this is brilliant. I love well, it.
0: Well, we're so, yeah, we're excited for us for it actually to release and everyone to hear. We've been hearing snippets of it now. This whole the whole album was. Uh, recorded in Roxy the Roxy Hotel. What like well, what inspired we, you to do that?
3: Um, well we didn't inspire I mean basically I just feel you know yeah. this whole thing that I was going on about branding and branding this right, and branding right. that. Um I just thought it would be a really good idea if um a high end hotel, for instance, in New York, downtown, hooked up with some you know, we, we did we took a. I, I we went to the owner and we mm-hmm. said, What about we take a suite, we build a studio, which is just a computer really And we kind of like set it up for you know two months. We play lots of shows. We brought in Lydia Lunch. We brought in um, all these different people to like um, you know maybe record some songs or just hang out. We had penthouse parties with you know Mm
4: -hmm. live
3: music. We just created this whole vibe that's not really around in New York,
4: right? For you know
3: for a long time, Um, and I think. The Roxy were quite surprised themselves because it it really, I think we just loved it. And it made the lobby suddenly had people like Pam Hogg, my fashion designer friend from London, Mm. you know, strutting through in six inch heels. And then you'd have (laughs) Lydia Lunch, you know, howling in the corner. And then you would have all these different characters from Debbie Harry to Mick Rock the photographer, Alan Cumming. You know, everybody who would come and see the shows as well. Um, and I just think the atmosphere completely changed. And he saw that and he saw that, that it was really yeah. exciting. I mean, right. whoever thought of like, you know, having a, a, a hotel, basically create a space for musicians, you know, free to, to, to create something original around that right. space. And that's where it all came from. I mean, not all the songs were written there, but they were all mixed there. Um, and a couple of them were written there, you know, like Turn Out the Lights, for instance, was written there and Hit and Run, mm. Um were all written like in a couple of days there. So um, wow. I think what they were doing, and then and they're doing it all the time, they've got David Johansson in there, um, and they're, they're basically every, you know, I think every hotel should have one room where they find a local artist who needs right. a little help um, and bring them in and then make it part of the whole experience of the hotel. Brilliant. That would be amazing.
1: Well, I know now they're doing like what, uh, artist in residence. Is that what I read? A week of, of a specific artist in residence there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's and, the whole point. Yeah, it's like uh, artists and residence. Only instead of you know, and, and when we say residency as musicians, usually it just means you're playing every Tuesday night. Right. You took it a bit we took it a bit further. And then the time warp idea is, you know, the next one we're thinking of doing is like glam rock. So it would be like the 70s Oh that would be great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, oh my yeah, god. yeah. And um I'm gonna I'm trying to persuade um Sandra bernhardt who um Ugh. is <clears throat> she loves to sing. So yes. we've we've done a few things before and and Laurie Stinger from Fame, you know, mm-hmm. who plays the cello. Um, so we're trying to bring in some people like that to, to mingle in the show. There's always something different. You just never know See, what's going to be, you know.
1: That creative spirit, mm-hmm. that's what it is. So you have, your voice is very, it's got this this throwback to the past and yet you're very forward uh, future momentum in the way you, you meld it all. What artists are what you pull inspiration from? Who do you connect from that you feel you know, that you, you've you always looked up to?
3: Yeah, I'm funny. It's very funny because um, I'm I'm a, a real mixture. Everybody always says who you're influenced by. And growing up in Glasgow, Glasgow is very much, uh, it's all about soul music, very much. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. about Led Zeppelin when I was growing up. It was about right. Al Green and Marvin Gaye. And, oh, yeah, you know, it was yeah. a lot of Bowie I loved. Bowie is probably my main influence, oh. although you wouldn't see it in my music. But <laughs> Bowie um, and Mark Bowen I love. Um, I loved anybody with a bit of theatricality. I think I was I was yeah. an actress before I became you know, I, I never thought of becoming a singer. It was a complete mistake.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: so I think and I love all the old singers as well, you know, like Nina Simone, Dinah Washington, Ugh. Sarah Vaughn, Nat King Cole, I'm crazy about Al Green, absolutely right. nuts about Curtis Mayfield. Oh.
4: Um,
3: so that's where all my stuff comes from. And yeah, it doesn't really um it doesn't really come through the music, I don't think, but Maybe it does, I don't know.
1: I think it shows in the soul that you put into the music, for sure. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that I have a voice that kind of, like, (laughs) I can do rock music, I can do electronic, I can do jazz. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, I was hoping when I signed to Blue Note, I was thinking, well, this would be great. I could be here when I'm, like, 80 and do, like, jazz records, you know? Yeah, that's perfect. But they were, it was funny, they just wanted to push the whole rock thing, which was just (laughs) so disconcerting. I was like, what? You know? (laughs)
1: Yeah, Like, that's not but, my plan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have such a, you, that voice that you have and a style, it's so unique to you, but you've worked with, I mean, you've worked with Christian Rich and Kendrick Lamar in the past. How mm. do you maintain that um, unique style while you're collaborating or being featured?
3: I, You know what? I just sing the way I sing. I've never had a singing uh-huh. lesson in my life, in fact. Um, one of my very close friends when I first came to America was Cindy Lauper, who oh, came,
4: I, I love her. doing it. Yeah.
3: Well, I was doing a show, the the very first show I ever did after I signed to Geffen with my first band, Wild Colonials,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, who by the way we were playing after twenty years a reunion gig at the Troubadour in LA on September thirtieth, which oh, I'm so excited gosh. about. But my our first, the Wild Colonials, the first show we did was. Um, with joe cocker at the irving plaza in new york and um, i remember going backstage and there was this girl sitting in the corner with a little green woolly hat and i went over and i was like excuse me this is my dressing room and she looked up and she's like hi my name's Denzi. i really love you and i wanted to write your video i really love your album and you know and i was like oh my god you know i'm from glasgow um, and then and so we became really great mates and and we used to, we've done quite a lot of music singing together and writing together, and she always was absolutely flabbergasted because Cindy's one of these people. She has to do whatever she's doing. She has to do it a million percent, you know. Yeah, was that a wee bit? I'm a wee bit lazy like that. I'm like, oh, if I can do it. I can do it, you know. And she was always shocked that I hadn't done singing lessons. She's like, let me give you one breathing lesson, you know. So she gave me like, and that's all I have. I have this one little breathing technique I take with me everywhere because I, I just think singing lessons, unless you want to be an opera singer, you know, you just end right. up singing like that.
4: Exactly. You know, yeah.
3: really sort of polite, <laughs> but um. <laughs> that was so, so, so well, what was the question? I've <laughs> myself in a yeah, corner how, here. Yeah. How do you, you keep away? your
0: style, basically? Yeah. yeah. How, how do I you stay true, true? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I swear
3: it's just, you know, whatever comes out of my mouth, uh, I don't really think <laughs> about it.
0: It's just
1: there, huh? <laughs> you just yeah. are you always. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, with most creative souls, they create because they simply, they just have to. There isn't really a, yeah. a choice. Why do you feel you have to sing?
3: I don't know that's a very no. good question <laughs> you've, you've, you've actually shot me up for about one minute um, I, I don't know I don't know why I have to sing it's like um, it's like a, I, I don't even know if I do have to sing but I know that if I don't sing um, I feel a wee bit of a that's when I'm I'm really harsh on myself I'm pretty tough on myself I don't really give myself a good an easy time you know so I yeah. think with the singing I love to sing live on a stage I hate being in studios I'm um, mm. um, you know, and I'm from Glasgow where you would sing in the, in, the, in the parties and Friday nights at the weekend, you know, and everybody was always singing like Blueberry Hill or Al Green. And <laughs> right. you were not allowed to sing mm. unless you could sing. You were mm-hmm. not allowed to go up there and do like karaoke of anything. It was like, sit down, you can't sing, Nick. <laughs> Literally, that was it. And when I was about oh, eight or no, nine, man. I was then allowed to sing and I had this kind of big Shirley. Give us that Shirley bassy, darling. Oh, you know? yes. Give us that Patsy Cline. You know, yeah. so I'll be singing these big, yeah. giant songs, you know. I who have nothing. You know, and I, I didn't even know what I was singing. Yeah. But um, I just knew that when I did it, I got, like, Pats on the back. And, oh, she's wonderful. She makes me cry. And I'm like, they're on But, you know, <laughs> gathering up the money.
4: Hey,
1: sometimes that's what you got yeah. at. <laughs> yeah.
3: But, I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, imagine having to be able to, I mean, uh-huh. most people that you meet, I've never met Indy who doesn't want to sing. Everybody kind of mm-hmm. secretly wants to be able to sing.
4: Right. Um, yep.
3: And I always think everybody can sing. You know, you can. Right. There's a couple of people that can. But um, <laughs> I think if you do something like, you know, like that you love every day, you know, if that's your yeah. job,
4: it's
0: mm-hmm.
3: pretty, I'm a pretty amazing, lucky person, you know. Yeah.
0: So Ab- absolutely. doesn't really right.
3: answer the question, but.
4: You know, no, it does actually. Yeah. It's perfect. Well
0: you I mean you love performing on stage. You love singing live. Yeah. Are you gonna be yeah. singing live? Are you touring with this album? Um and are you coming um, up to our neck of the woods? Yes.
3: Oh well the next well what we're doing next is um we're 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 doing a big time warp in um uh-huh. New York again. We're doing another twenties one because it was so much fun. I we just thought we're not really finished with the twenties yet. So it's September sixth in New York. We're gonna be doing that at Django's.
0: Yeah. Don't and ever then quit. we're going to yeah. Don't, don't stop and with the twenties.
3: Yeah, and then we're going to go to Los Angeles and um, play at the Troubadour, which is where it all uh, began. That's uh, where I started with the Wild Colonials, and we're, wow. I'm gathering the four of us together. And I don't even know how I'm going to do this because I think I'm going to be in tears. We were such the little cult beloved band in the nineties. Uh-huh. That was we were kind of we, a bit before our time. You know, we had violin as a lead guitar, and we had did oh. did you do and I had the guys all in kilt. I mean,
4: it's a wonderful,
3: wonderful video on YouTube um, with the song Girl, and I'm just looking at it and thinking, oh my God, (laughs) I had my poor guy's wearing kilt,
4: can you imagine? Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, it's um, unforgettable, so I mean... (laughs) It is, yeah. So, will you ever, do you think, have you been up to the Northwest before? Do you think that's ever in the 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 future? Well, the
3: Wild Colonials were very, very popular up there. Mm -hmm. Um, We played up there a lot. We would do tours up the West Coast, but... To be honest, the real the the, the 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 shocking thing about this album is I was kind of just putting it out as a little self-release. Normally, mm. I'm I'm on a label, you know, and right. This was just going to be a little fun '20s thing. I thought nobody's going to be. It's going to be a very small, you know. Nobody's going to really be that interested in this. And to be honest, the record hasn't even came out yet, and I'm absolutely amazed at the <laughs> reaction. It's like, because uh. you think who's going to play this on the radio? You know, it's
4: too Uh-oh.
3: it's too quirky. It's too. It doesn't fit yeah. in with the rock. It doesn't fit in with the techno. You know. And in actual fact, it's done a bit better than I expected. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I think I might have to. I was trying not to sign a deal. Yeah. I was trying just to do a little self release. But the thing is, I want to tour, and and you you yeah. know you can't really tour unless you've got some dosh. So
4: right. I was
3: I loved up up your neck in the woods. We would go up that whole coast. Oh yeah. Um, and it was oh my god! I loved it. The wild was loved that was our favorite area. It was brilliant. <sighs> I loved
1: it. Well, we have to know the minute you decide to do a show up here, because we will be in the front row. Oh, darling, of
4: course. That would be man.
1: amazing. The one thing that I hate that uh, that you're actually, I know you don't like singing in studio. I wish you were here, though, because I would die if you were here to sing <laughs> to, to sing a song for us oh, i would
3: love to if i wish i i wish i was there as well um which, which part are you guys in exactly where are you so we're in Ohio, washington
1: state on yeah. the east side of the state so heading towards idaho
3: all right so yeah. idaho was a big big we used to play at the i think it was called the neuro something there was a club <gasps> there in idaho um and then we played in eugene and we played Oh um, yeah, Seattle, oh, yes. you know that whole. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. Uh, the the all the different. I mean, I loved that. Oh.
1: There, it was brilliant. We the need to, to bring it, you. you know? We need to bring you to. We have a place called the Fox Theater, and it's a classic old theater, and that would be Stay amazing.
3: There. i played
1: there. <gasps> oh, played see, there. that's perfect for. I could just see it. That's where we're we're gonna have to figure out how to get you there because that's. Yeah, let's have oh, a reunion at the Fox. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, That's we played more, that. I, I loved that stage. It yeah. was gorgeous. Oh, well, it was a wonderful beautiful. night. Yeah. We
1: want to remind our listeners that we are speaking with Angela McCluskey, and she has a new album coming out on September 9th, so not that long away, and it's oh, the Roxy session. can I tell you?
3: Yes, um, yes, There is the pre-orders out right now, and if they get the pre-order, I mean, me, myself, I'm very much, I want it now. I pre-order, right. you, you know, you want to watch a movie, and it's pre-order. It's like, yes. stop, tease. That's so right. annoying. <laughs> but the pre-order... Just to stop people getting too annoyed, we've given three songs uh, right away for, you know, as soon as they get the pre order. Because normally you don't get anything, but with the pre order, you get three tracks right away, which is fantastic, (gasps) I think. So if you pre order it now, and we need people to pre order it, because basically what I'm having to do, because it's self-released, is um, I'm basically calling all my famous friends, (laughs) and I'm like, you better help me. You know, my friend, I called Norman Reedus from um, The Walking Dead, and I'm like, Norman, I really need you. And he's like, when you want me to pull the trigger, you know? Nice. And literally, uh, he was so amazing. And then he put it out, he put it out like in 10 minutes later, it was like 250,000 likes, which was wonderful. Oh, and that's amazing. All the kids writing to me and discovering, you know, all the other stuff. So, I mean, it's hard when you do self release. I mean, how the heck do you, right? you know?
1: But get it's the thing to the do money, now. You know? It is the thing it in, is, in music. Is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's, but you need to be able to like, have the money to tour because that's what we, you know, oh, you yeah. want to get out there mm. and do that. And that's hard.
1: And it's important oh, to support those that we love. So, hey, I'm going to buy it because I'm there. So there. Thank you. Oh, most Absolutely. definitely. So I know you have a single that's out now and that we mm-hmm. thought we would let you introduce to our listeners today, and we're going to play it. Uh, what single is are we going to hear?
3: Um, you're going to hear Let's Get Lost, um, and that's the second single from the record, and that is the very first sort of song I wrote after doing the Boardwalk Empire, I thought, I can do this. And I remember sitting in a hotel in LA, and, and um, I said to Kiran, I want you to write me like four four or five tracks. This was like a 20s vibe, yeah. add some electro. You know, I'd just done a song with them, um, of Stella, who's like the king of electro swing in, in, in Europe. And I said, because everybody just used samples, even Bordeaux Empire mm-hmm. used the original songs. I thought, I have to write them because yeah. I don't want to be dealing with the samples and all that stuff. So he sent me the thing, and I literally sat on my iPhone in a hotel room and wrote these four songs, and this was the first one. And um, I can't believe any lyrics, so it's just the mood I was in, you
1: know? Oh, that's the, amazing. The,
3: the music played, and I thought, what does this make me feel like? And this is the song. <laughs> Let's get lost.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Angela, for spending time with thank the you. boys on Outspoken. Thank you. And uh, we are going to get everybody to buy that album because it's oh, amazing. Yeah. So thank, you so, thank, you, mm-hmm. thank All right. you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. fun. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye.
3: You too, my darling. Bye. <laughs>
0: You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken, and the Outspoken Boys have all the things you want you to know, make you lose control. We do. We are playing Angela McCluskey today. Um, yeah, all day. Uh, her new album is coming out here pretty soon. The you know Roxy what, Roxy Sessions. You know what I feel about 20s music and um, this whole thing is that back in the 20s, I feel like they had so much more fun than we do now. We're so boring. They
1: sort. Of, I like that she said, "Listen, I wanted people to show." up up and dress up because yeah, no one dresses up absolutely anymore. right and i thought and what she makes me want to do is let's throw a party that is like one of her time warp parties can how we, amazing would that can be? we
0: please God.
1: i and just so everybody knows it's the ross the roxy sessions as angela mentioned the pre-order is out now it is yeah she self she didn't expect it to be a big thing a lot of us are catching on to it so if you hear it you should go support mm-hmm. her and spend the money for the album right now so she can go on tour and come to come to the Northwest. Come to Spokane. She's played the Fox before. But come out Support, here.
0: support. Yeah, that would be amazing. And uh, now we're going to talk about who supports Outspoken. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a
1: full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at 509-747-1621.
0: Outspoken receives support from Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, and advocacy to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information available at one 800 200 fair and online at nwfairhouse.org. Outspoken receives support from Instant Sign
1: Factory, celebrating 25 years serving the inland Northwest's Northwest's indoor and outdoor sign needs. More information at 877 778 7446, and online at instantsignfactory.com.
0: Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383. And
1: finally, Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. So we thank everybody who supports us. We love to bring on artists who we think is worthy of our support. One of those, of course, is Angela McCluskey. So uh, very excited that we got to to interview her. Love her voice. Oh, love my her. gosh. Love her attitude. <gasps> she is so right? much fun. And she's a storyteller. Like, oh, yeah. I think it would be fun just to sit down. Have a drink with her yeah. and just let her tell oh, me. Oh yeah, just how listen. much? Okay, how fabulous would life be if you just like? Well, yeah, we hang out. Alan Cummings comes to yeah, there, right. <laughs> and then Debbie <laughs> Harry was there, and we were just singing. And I mean, just singing just out, just, yeah, and, at the Roxy. And Hotel. I like that. So she mentions that uh, right now, there's a lot of pressure. A lot of the the people coming up in in the industry want to be famous. Yes. and I think there's a big difference between being famous and being an artist. And mm. I feel like how she talks about how she's learned to embrace life and to celebrate life and I think that's when you realize you're doing what you love like she yeah. talked about and this is what matters the fame part isn't it, what it's exactly. about it's about being able to do what you love mm-hmm. and support yourself and uh, she's a true artist I really do believe it. yes absolutely so absolutely
0: she is I love it so speaking of artists yeah let's talk a little bit about um, RuPaul right this what, week was this, it this week last week it was this week um, this week uh, All Stars 2 premiered yeah, yeah. Coco is back. And yes. Roxy
1: Andrews is back. Yep. Um, Alaska the, is back. Al- yeah. Detox is back. Alax, Al- yeah. Al- what's it? What she used to call him? Uh, Alaxatox or something. Oh like that. yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Oh,
0: uh, Relaxatox. Yeah, something like, something that. like that. Anyways, those
1: three are okay. back. Lots of people back. There's lots of twists in this season. So everybody's talking about and and RuPaul in honor of the new season did an interview. Yes, uh, a video interview with a, a journalist, mm-hmm. and I, I saw it. It's on. It was on the Advocate, uh, the advocate mm-hmm. actually, and it was one of the Advocate reporters who was talking. Interesting. First of all, Ru is very influential, especially yes. when it comes to She's the young. She's a huge queens. figure. The young queens coming up. A lot of respect. Well, uh,
0: even in the gay community, LGBT people mm -hmm. watch her so much, and she Mm -hmm. is such an inspiration for uh, everybody. And the trans community, you do have to see and uh, acknowledge that there is a part of the trans community that looks up to her.
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah. I mean, and there is controversy. There has been for uh, a few years over her attitude towards, uh, not towards trans people, but towards the language that she chooses to use Mm -hmm. um, that some would see would view as not really trans. It's not sensitive to the trans community. She has not really backed down. She did uh, change a segment in her uh, Drag Race show, Mm -hmm. um, away from, used to be calling it She-Mail, which was email. Right. Um, And they took that out. But uh, she really didn't apologize or anything like that. But what's fascinating about Rue is, so in this video there were goods and bads i thought yes and that's oh, yeah, why yeah. we talked to that's why i shared the video because i thought it was interesting one of one of the things mm-hmm. that that she talks about is politics and how in her opinion and she said it many times politics is a bore right uh, she doesn't really have time for them she doesn't see the need to to get worried about legislation mm-hmm. because she believes the change comes from human to human yeah on a face to, heart, to face which exactly. is true yeah but she's very dismissive well, of the the whole system. I mean, yeah. she she says, "I it's you know it's a circus when you look at Donald Trump and mm-hmm. and Hillary Clinton, and you know it's obvious that
0: one is crazy and the other is your only choice." But right. she really right. doesn't care, right? Exactly. And I you know that kind of attitude um, I can understand because a lot of people find politics boring. They don't mm-hmm. want to. It takes energy to get involved. Sometimes it, it takes you know the time hey, to I read knew. it. Yeah, it's exactly. We both do sometimes. it. Sometimes yeah. it can be. It's a mm-hmm. lot of negative. Yep. But to be such a big figure in the LGBT community, um, and to be dismissive of politics like that, I, the kind of message that that sends doesn't sit well with me. Sometimes, no. a lot uh-huh. of the times.
1: Well, I mean, so when we had Mark Solomon on from Freedom Mary, this was before the big Supreme Court mm-hmm. ruling. Um, he, of course, was one of the head guys there that was pushing, pushing, and and he talked to us about. It. It, when it came down to it, their big mission was to change hearts and minds, yeah. and they knew that if they did that, we would follow with Supreme Court rulings and legislation that we're obviously still in the process of going through. But the point is, I think what he understood is that it took a, really a marriage of the two. I don't think you can have one without the other. Oh, yeah. It, doesn't, it won't bind in society, but you can't, they, I don't think they can be mutually exclusive. You know, you have to have them both. Right. You know, so to to dismiss and to say, we wouldn't be where we are today as gay men Mm. uh, in the year 2016 if there weren't laws to protect us, if there weren't laws that give us... A lot of that came because people started changing the way they viewed gay people. But the point is, until you have laws that protect you from losing your job, from losing your housing, Mm -hmm. laws that allow you to be married, to get insurance, laws that allow me to go visit my spouse in the hospital, until you have laws that make sure you can do that and no one else's prejudice is going to override
0: that. Right. It doesn't matter how many hearts and minds you've changed. Right. Well, and at the same time, I mean, the legal side of everything, the laws are so important to have in place, but the presidential race and politics is more than just laws sometimes. It's who runs your country and who leads them. Yeah. If we have um, crazy idiot Trump up there, mm-hmm. I mean, what message does that send to the citizens? That changes minds and hearts right there. Exactly. So just by saying, I think change happens on a level that's a heart-to-heart. Well, mm-hmm. this race and most races are a heart-to-heart yes. in a lot of ways.
1: And it has to be. And so I, I personally, it's no secret on this show that we adore and and really support RuPaul. Yes. But oh, I, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. the fact is I don't think that was a well throughout through m- statement because, as we've said, she has so much influence over so many mm-hmm. young queens and young people mm-hmm. that to say that... I think is is it's disappointing, yeah. Absolutely. To be honest, absolutely uh, thrilled that she always speaks her truth. But I I think maybe you need to be aware that we talked during the break that maybe there is a responsibility here to know to be aware mm-hmm. of the the words that you are are
0: speaking. Sure, yeah, absolutely, and I think that there's a a little bit of a responsibility to be a, a leader that. Promotes change. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that she doesn't. Just uh, the political side of things. Uh, I, I I wish that she was more into it. Um, well, let's talk about as you mentioned words that we she apparently is not unaware of. Right. Well, I- in the interview, if you watch it, um, one of the questions is kind of concerning. Um, you know, do you think drag kings and cisgender women uh, might one one day appear on the show? And right. she kind of addresses that uh in 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 her own way uh, but one of the things that she mentions is well i don't know what this cisgender thing is i'm not up on up and up on all this stuff um but if you're talking about a regular female i don't think so and so right. that that quote from her is uh, a little just disappointing because you yeah. would imagine or want someone in the position of rupaul right. to at least know who a cisgender woman is and that how that means, means. Yeah, yeah and what that means for the LGBT community, and let's be honest, it, the the term isn't new. No,
1: no, it's been around for a while. So, and part of it looks like uh, uh, stubborn uh, ignorance, like willful willful ignorance. Yeah, like right. A I'm just bit, not yeah. going to learn that. Like it was hard to tell whether do you really not know what that means, or is this part of you just saying, like, "Is what I'm not interested." Exactly. In? I don't because need to. the opinion that followed after was actually I I could get behind it. Right, but it seemed. It seemed like another diss mm-hmm. at the transgender community uh, sure. to be like, hey, I don't even know what that means. I'm not even going to give that word, you know, because it's part of the conversation we use between cisgender, transgender, you know, yeah. all of these things. Right. A very small word not to understand, but in RuPaul's world. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. It's hard to believe that she didn't know. Exactly. And I, I mean... In our shoes, you and I deal with the LGBT community quite mm-hmm. often, and neither one of us is trans. We are both right. cisgendered men, right. but um, you know, we we I think have a responsibility to know about uh, right. what's going on in that community. Right. Terms uh, we make an effort, and I, you know, not everybody is required to do that. But right. if you're a leader in the LGBT community, like we have said, uh, RuPaul is. Right. I think it's it just shows that level of respect you know yeah
1: really and and there i mean she even mentions that you know she likes to be old school yeah you know she still yeah that's that's her thing yeah and so she still uses words that are very um 1950s and 60s a little outdated you you know what i mean but Mm. it again seems like willful ignorance like i'm gonna stubbornly tell you that this is just where i'm gonna sit and you know she doesn't want it to become over politicized but the fact is some things are politicized just by nature right. of where we're at in this country and our culture mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, it was disappointing, but I will say her answer to will there be drag kings and cisgender women on the show? Yeah, I was I, actually I, you know, I kind not of agree horrible.
0: with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, her stance on the whole thing is um, you know, drag uh, as an art form is is ironic. It's kind of an ironic statement on our male dominant culture and what it is like to you know, not fit in there. Yeah. Um, like she says, you know, she comes from a long line of people who are known as freaks of nature or freaks. Yeah, and, and she takes that with pride. Exactly, yeah. and that's a, a empowering thing to be a drag queen and to have a, a show that's all about it. Yeah. And you know, to to be so high up in the ranks as right. she is. Um. And so I think that you know, drag, uh, in the form of uh, males. You know, dressing up and performing as women is a political statement, and she's right. aware it's of that. She's turning she masculinity knows. on its head. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, absolutely. It, it, it gives people a different look at what identity is. And, like she says, to not take it all so seriously, mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe that is a part of it. Right. Well, and and she mentions that it's not
1: that she doesn't think there's room for a show. Oh yeah, like right. that. She goes, but it just doesn't fit. It's not on in my show. show. Yeah, exactly. And that I think we have to respect, and that yeah. that it's true. It's a different art form. It's different, and sure, yeah. in our what has been historically a very misogynistic society, she's right in that it is more ironic and more mm-hmm. uh, politically a political statement to yeah, be absolutely. a man. That dresses, dresses a, woman. As a woman. We talked during uh, the break that in our society, a woman putting on what it would be atypical male clothing mm-hmm. is not yeah. a shock. Absolutely. But you can't, because it happens, women wear pants. I mean, that's, they have pants. Women that wear right. pantsuits, they a wear guy ties, wearing they wear I mean, a dress walking down exactly. the street and, act, and just going to work. That is not, yeah. quote unquote, acceptable in culture at this time. Right. So it right. isn't the same, which it, does make it make sense
0: mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is still a, you know right this ironic right you know movement it is it absolutely is and not to say like you know to take away from drag kings that's an art form in and of itself exactly it's just not the same political statement um and i mean there's no there's no you know pointing fingers in that that's just how it is right now right
1: and Um, it and it it is a different show it It is not going to be rupaul's drag race right exactly exactly Something else that's happening in the news. Did you, because uh, we always talk a little politics. Yeah. Well, okay, a lot of politics. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump um, trying, I think, to find his footing. Um, I think he's trying to find his followers. I think he's gotten lost. He doesn't have the same amount of you know he's going down in the polls all of the all of these things one of the things he did was come out with rainbow t-shirts and things that trying to prove that trump is pro lgbt right all i have to do is say first i'm laughing yeah at you mm. secondly if you have one of these and you think it's true i think you need to check some facts exactly um but he's doing that and who hasn't Like watch the flip-flop back and forth with his immigration. immigration, yeah. Which he's now coming. So he went away from it. And now he's back. back. Yeah. Now he's back saying, no, the wall, the wall. Because people were like, wait, your whole platform was build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. And then all of a sudden he took a soft approach and said, no, we'll follow the laws. We're going to. Listen, he's crazy on the build a wall. But the fact is, you're not even staying true to what you built your Here's the political platform.
0: Yeah, he's confused. And I think um, <laughs> the more that yes, he's he confused, it's it's this is perfect. It's great. He's digging himself a grave because he he is, you know, flip flopping on his own stance, which is a huge reason people followed him. Right. Because he was this crazy guy who wants to get the immigrants out. And apparently uh, m- millions of people agree with him or something like oh, that. Yeah. And, you know, once you, once you start saying, well, maybe we won't, you maybe we'll what? do it differently, people start You know what interest. happened,
1: don't you? Of course. That's right. the, the Republicans sometimes have the reins on him, and sometimes he's a, he yeah. goes crazy. Right. And so this time, obviously, the Republicans were like, listen, dude, yeah. if we want a chance at the White House, you're going to have to, like, back up the crazy. Right. Just, like, rein it in a little bit. And so that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And then he realized the crazies that support him were like, what are you doing? And yeah. now he's gone back. And look what keeps biting Trump in the rear end. When he made everything about immigration, mm. they went after his wife and brought out the yep. listen, what well, she's a legal immigrant when she worked in this country because he brought that on himself, right? Oh yeah. Then look at him. He's the campaign has been making this big thing weird thing about is Hillary. How's Hillary's health? Yeah, is this just right. very weird? You know, kind of like when he went after Obama for the the birth certificate. Just yeah. he picks this very weird thing to to hone it's in bullying. on bullying, and then yeah, because the press is like, well, what about your health? And yeah. he's like, oh, so his doctor <laughs> releases this crazy letter that is not even written in doctor terms. Um that basically says he's it basically looks like Trump wrote it, let's be honest. Yeah. He will be the healthiest president in the history of all presidents, which is a total Trump's what thing he to would say. say yeah, right. But his doctor and so his doctor had to go on the news and everything because a lot of other doctors were saying, wait, we would never you didn't use any facts, you just said his cholesterol's great. Yeah. And he takes aspirin once a day. He's so, you know, responsible with his health. But there were no details. Nothing. There was no yeah. blood his blood pressure's perfect. Right. It was all these words, you know, doctors hate to use words like perfect, exemplary. You oh, are, yeah. Because if you die, they exactly. don't want to be held liable. Right. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They're not, Do, we, and doctors we will tell you, they're doctors. like,
0: oh, yeah, he's in the 90th percentile. He's pretty good. He's right. okay. He could use some... Impre-. Anything could happen. And my guess is, you know, they'll say stuff like that. Right. What well, was his guess?
1: the doctor finally came back and said, okay, I will admit to you, I did write it, but I was under duress the uh the trump camp was telling me they needed it within the hour i sat down and i just got stressed out and they just threw it down because now he this brings the doctor under question oh yeah so he's freaking out but he can't go back and say that he was you know none of it's true i made it up because trump will you know not be happy about that so he just says i was just stressed out and i just use words and i've I've been around, I've hung out with uh, Mr. Trump for decades, so his verbiage just gets in my head. So that's why it sounded like, like Trump. Trump did it, yeah. All I have to say is, first of all, it's obvious most likely, mm. I mean, I think it's obvious both of them would survive mm-hmm. their, you know, their tenure in the White House. Oh, yeah. Um, And this is really a non-issue, because all we really care about is that someone's going to be in there and it's going to live and be able to be of sound mind right. until they're out,
0: because they're well, both older uh, uh, politicians, but
1: he's made it such
0: a big deal—a spotlight, yeah—and it's backfired on him. Well, then I—I I don't think health has really ever been a question for presidency because we've well, had we've had presidents who aren't in the best of health, and right. we had presidents who have died in office, and we have plans right. for that. We know what to right. do. We and know I how think, to keep going.
1: And like I—I th- I think it only comes down to is you know all America really wants to know because doctors are al- yeah. are a big part of. Presidents, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. we get the report every time your president goes to the doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a big thing every time they jog through the park. You know, I remember when uh, the second uh, George Bush, anytime he'd go for a run, that was, you know, documented in all the newspapers. You want to know that your president is going to survive his term. Yes. Or her term. Once you know that they're probably going to do that, that's you know that they aren't dying of terminal cancer and they have six months to live. I mean, that's really I think all the the American public cares about because you don't. It's not ideal Mm. if your president dies in term, but once that's then it's done. But Trump always picks these very odd things to go after someone about. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. To nitpick right them. I. Personally, very hesitantly, will say I think his campaign is falling apart. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. I want to believe that it is, and that that's gonna take him down.
0: And how many times has he changed who is running his campaign, or he's running? Oh, his, he's always revamping. He's it. always revamping it. He's always putting. And the fact that he put so much of his own money in, um, not that that's well, a bad so much- thing.
1: I don't know. He put a lot lot of his own money, but he's been using the Republican National Convention to staff him, really. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't want to spend the money that you typically have to spend to run a campaign. Mm -hmm. So he puts it on them. He's still running a bare bones operation. Absolutely. I think it shows. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. He he revamped his whole crew again. And this is what I think happens to Trump. So he shoots himself in the foot Mm -hmm. by just being himself. Like he decides, you're right, I need to be structured. These people are experts in the field. I'm going to bring them on board. I'm going to like stay on topic. I'm going to dial down the crazy. And then his crazy gets to him and he's like, oh, but I got to be me. Because got to be a loose cannon. Oh yeah, and he doesn't and I, then he it's doesn't.
0: It's clear that he doesn't have a plan going forward. I mean, this has been clear Is that from who the you beginning want in, the, in the White House. <laughs> no no I plan, no Trying not to be shot. That's basically right. his plan. Right. Exactly. Sur- survive You know, eight years, I guess. (laughs) I I don't even know. I can't even come up with a plan for him. No, there isn't one. But to not put him in the White House. (laughs) Let's take a quick song break here. We're going to obviously listen to Angela Mikulski. She's going to be our featured artist uh, throughout the show. And this is off of her uh, upcoming album here. This is going to be Paris to Hollywood. All right, you're listening to KYRS Medical Expo on 88.1 and 92.3 FM. All right, all right. <laughs> Listen <laughs> I up. Go, I guess you're stuck here, all so right. there you go. Uh, you guys
1: just pitched uh, that song to Target. Yeah, <laughs> it's a
0: it's uh, Houston. You said that it sounded like a sh- happy shopping mall, well, yeah. but you
2: totally had it like you had it in your <laughs> you head exactly <laughs> what it looked like. Oh yeah, I pictured people in an elevator, and then they're all in swimsuits and with their legs blow up floaty toys and yeah. stuff right? and then <laughs> yeah. kind of just dance so and here's having the a thing. good time. It's in LA. We will call yeah.
1: Target and Angela. We'll get a, a finder's fee or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> Angela's been used for uh, lots of uh, mm-hmm. commercials because she's awesome. Right. So I think we're going to let Great her know. music. Hey, yeah. uh, Houston
2: decided that that needs <laughs> to be or a it's, Target commercial. it's either Target or Old Navy. Well, I was Navy. thinking, oh, that's better, because I was thinking Macy's. Macy's. Oh, right. Uh, Old Navy, I think, is. I, because it
0: goes with their quirky, the way they like to it do does, their yeah. ads. They do like, yeah. They especially in like the summertime. It. It's a nice summertime. Yeah, yeah
1: their ads are, are a party. They yeah. are, right? they Their See? ads are a party. And there you go. There's the, their new yeah. tagline. Houston is making a million dollars on this show right wow. now. Wow. We make You're ads welcome.
0: parties.
2: We make <laughs> party ads. Party. <laughs> Our ads are parties. <laughs> sure, party.
1: yeah. I, I, I think the original getting just gone down. It, it's just you know like what? got diced Don't out dwell in. on it too much. <laughs> yeah, just now we're killing happen. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't overthink that. Anyways, oh. you were listening to Angela McCluskey. We had her as a guest in the first hour. That woman is a lot of fun. Check out her new album, The Roxy Sessions. It comes out on, it releases on September 9th. Mm. You notice I am not saying the album drops. I noticed. Every single time you I almost say almost said that. Sergey makes fun of me. So I, I don't, I, <laughs> I consciously only every other time. decided to use the word release. Yeah. Yes. Well, but anyways, okay. I love her. And all I have to say is I also wanted to mention, she did uh, an interpretation or an impression of Cindy Lauper in her interview with us. And it was awesome. It was like spot on. Yeah. I love it. I, it was really good. Yeah. She
0: could I think she did really good voices and accents too. I mean first of all her yes. accent. Well, was her beautiful. accent is amazing. She's from, from Glasgow. Glasgow. Right. Mm-hmm. And but but when she did American or New Yorker accent and you could She hear a really bit, gets it. She really gets yeah. it. She ha- Well, she has a good ear. I mean, she's obviously yeah. a singer or so. Right, Right. I and mean, that's where that comes from. I love it. Except okay. Jonathan's a singer and he doesn't do good accents. So I do I'm horrible just, accents just saying. But no, not I try
1: accents. You try And And the attempt is is there. (laughs) Right. Trying is all the respect I need, because I never follow it through very well. Halfway there. Halfway Halfway there. there. I'm an actor and a singer and yet I cannot I can only act American. Yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) all I got. You You can never do Canadian. Yeah. But that's that's it.
0: Oh, actually, speaking of accents real quick here, uh, Cole and I went to a murder mystery dinner theater in Denver, which was amazing. And everyone there, it was steampunk. So everyone there was doing oh, a spot on yeah. like British accent. Oh, one of them goodness. was French. Uh, but it was it was so much fun. Their accents and one of the guys, I was like, This is such a good accent. You're doing so well. Um I thank <laughs> He's goodness like, I didn't from Britain. Actually, <laughs> I thank goodness I didn't say your accent's so good right? because afterwards they're introducing themselves. Um, everyone was American except for him. He oh was actually goodness. from did Britain. Did you know who did it? I wanna know. Uh, w- oh yeah, yeah, we figured it out. It was uh, this night. It must have been for, for kids or something, um, because it was just too easy. I, I mean, oh. it, was, it was like the obvious choice, and you kind of oh, pick it, and annoying. they kind of pointed to it. So That's just kind of um, fun that you guys did that. Oh, it was, fun. Okay. it was It was a good time.
1: Let's get into... Now, listen. We put up a post yesterday. We did. Something happened on Friday. We decided to put up a post and say, we want to talk about this, and people had a lot to say about it there's a lot of opinions. and a lot of opinions going on so let's talk about on friday you know it's time to go back to college yes oh yeah yeah it's the dean time. of students at all these colleges they send out the letter welcoming students especially new freshmen mm-hmm. to their schools right. saying and it typically comes with like the lunch hall menu and you know all of those <laughs> yeah things. yeah exactly they're yeah. really pretty much not they're cookie cutter it's not a big thing but the uh this Friday, the University of Chicago, their dean of students, sent out a letter, and it was way different. Yeah, caused an uproar, mm-hmm. and the University of Chicago wanted to make it clear that on their campus, freedom of speech is protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they use things like saying that um, no safe spaces. They don't support. They safe don't sp- support safe, yeah, spaces. safe spaces. They don't s- support trigger. Warnings. Warnings. Mm-hmm. And a trigger warning is basically like a disclaimer. Yeah. It's like saying, okay, uh, if you're going to come see this speaker, if you this might offend you for these reasons. Right. It's uh, maybe you have to read a paper at the top of the paper. This might offend you for the following reasons. Right. So that you know what you're walking into. Right, right. They don't support trigger warnings. Uh, they feel that colleges are supposed to be an exchange of free ideas. Even if you are uncomfortable with the ones being shared, they will not... Um, cancel any speakers, even if they're controversial. Because, of course, Harvard and Yale over the last few years and a lot of other schools have protests about certain speakers coming to the schools, and those schools have chosen to, to cancel those. Absolutely. in. On one side, you know, the students are standing up because they don't want to support some of the the opinions that are coming their way. On the other side, the colleges have begun to lose uh, alumni support Mm -hmm. and uh, financial support from a lot of these alumni, successful alumni, because they're mad because some of them don't feel like their views are being shared. So now the University of Chicago takes all of that information, and they even had a special committee on freedom of speech— um, which had one of their law professors, Professor Stone, involved in that. And they're saying, out of all of that, we're letting you know that's not not going to happen here. Right. So,
0: well, I think there's a lot of issues going on here. There's a lot of things lot. to dissect, a lot of uh, angles to look at it. I think the biggest thing that has happened here, and that uh, this is something that the Chicago, uh, University of Chicago is saying, uh, this is one of their stances, is that there was a misunderstanding in uh, verbiage and what it means to have a safe place and trigger, uh, warnings. And I think the university of Chicago, uh, has very, uh, largely accepted that safe places means censorship and that we are not allowed to talk about certain things in the classroom Mm -hmm. and, uh, or, or in speeches and that they're not allowed to say certain things and all that stuff. And I think that first of all, um, it's not a censorship of ideas as much as it is a censor. It's not a censorship. It's a safe places for people to be and exist as who they are without someone attacking them or, right. you know, having bias against them. And I think that Sh- the University of Chicago needs to understand that is that it's it's not about people not sharing ideas or being open about right. what they think. Mm-hmm. It's about you being well, respectful and really not harping on someone because they're different than you. Right. The advocate picked up this story, um,
1: as well as, a, of course, a lot of uh, newspapers. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere And they right did uh, a big story on it. And they really, in the story, reprimanded the school and um, Professor Stone, mm-hmm. uh, who, as I said, he's an author and he's a lawyer and he's a professor of law, over a professor of law over at the University of Chicago. And one of our old friends of the show, uh, Blaine Stum, who is the former... Um, Oh. He's
0: the former chair of the Human Rights Commission in Spokane. In Spokane.
1: Mm. He is now, he has moved on, and he is now in Washington, D.C. He actually wrote Professor Stone. Uh, Blaine is a fan of Professor Stone and and his writings, Mm. and he wrote him directly and said, you know, I want you to know that I I really am disappointed in in your viewpoints, and the advocate shared a lot of uh, Professor Stone's views, and I really don't think that you understand that for a lot of students— they need a safe place because especially LGBT students because their life has been so combative. And I will let you know that, uh, that Blaine was nice enough to share with us, professor Jeff stone's response to him. And uh, professor stone for the record does feel like the advocate did not, was not fair to him and did not say completely what he meant. So Mm -hmm. in his words, he understands that there's a, a, a reason to have groups like Outlaw, it's an LGBTQ right. organization there at the University of Chicago, or Hispanic Law Students Association, or Black Law Students Association, and understands there needs to be places, clubs, where that is your safe place, where you are there to to share like-minded ideas. He says he never meant for it to come off Uh, You know, as he didn't think there was a need for that. The Mm -hmm. other thing to remember is, although this was based on a study that he that he chaired at the University of Chicago about freedom of speech on college campuses, the letter came from the dean of students, which is not Jeff Stone. Mm -hmm. And he even said, I feel like the language of the letter was not well thought through. Um, in his email to to Blaine, that that it probably wasn't the that he the dean of students misspoke in the way he described the university's position, right? And so he felt like the the author of the advocate article got that wrong. Hmm. But here's the thing: the dean of students did share it. It seemed all the colleges <laughs> are like, okay, well, we get what they're saying, but it was a little, it was right. a little harsh. Well, wow. probably wasn't as clear as it should be, and it didn't seem like it was a letter meant. For the students, as much as it was meant to show the alumni that, hey, we are going to listen to you and make sure that Mm -hmm. that the controversial uh, subject matter or the speakers, we don't shut them down. So you can
0: continue to write your checks. It seemed more more in that towards that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? It's just disappointing because for them to do this. Is saying that we put, um, you know, the safety of ideas before the safety of the students. Mm-hmm. And what I don't think that uh, the university understands is that before anything, before you get your checks, before you get um, you know, your speakers in, any of that, you need to get your students in. And mm-hmm. the students have to feel safe there. Yeah. They have to feel as if they're going to go to class and they are right. not going to be berated. And I think that's that's the number one thing. Well, I mean, and one of the things that they wanted to make clear
1: that the school said is that in your classroom is one thing, and that's not what we're mm-hmm. talking about. We're talking about who's allowed to speak at our campuses. R- yeah. We're talking about the exchange of... And here's the thing where I am not... I feel like there's pieces of information that are missing that are important for the discussion. Part of it is, you're right, going to college is supposed to be this... You get... Because to have a respectful discourse, which is what Mm -hmm. we try to have on this show, we even try to invite people who disagree with us on, a lot of them decide that they don't want to do that because they're afraid or whatever. But we've had politicians on our show that we, you know, diametrically oppose half of what they stand for, if not all. And we try to have that respectful discussion. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to say that's what college is for, for you to be able to discuss opposing views in a respectful way. But isn't that assuming that people can have respectful views when we have seen how many times guns brought to campus, mass shootings. So I think until we can learn, you know, that until we can learn to have civil discourse, we probably need to at least be wary.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that's so true is we can't have the civil discourse yet because we don't know how to do it. And, Uh, You know, one of the other responses that the university had was we, you know, college is a place uh, for you to learn what life is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And these students need to understand how to deal with, quote unquote, unsafe environments Mm -hmm. or things that will offend you. Well, you know, um, coming from someone who's gone to college, Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you. That you're going to learn whether the college pushes it on you or not. I was not. just going to say. You're w- the world will teach you. I was going to
1: say, here's the thing. You know that thing where you want to learn what life is like? Life is going to teach is you. Gonna teach life is probably has already taught them. Yeah, And absolutely. is continuing
0: to teach them while, <laughs> they're while they're in school. It's not like you'd spend 100% of right. your time in class. You don't get nothing right. or in college, anything outside of it. First of all, as an LGBT student, I faced... All of the, you know, anti LGBT things. Mm-hmm. You face that the moment, you know, you realize you are gay. You start and the facing moment that. You choose to be open about the it. The moment you choose to be open about it. I mean, everything. It comes out um, while you're coming out. And so mm-hmm. you know the harshness of the world. Right. That's not the issue here. No. And here's We're the We're not thing. struggling. With I that. agree that we should be able to have
1: a disagreement and a t- and a yeah conversation about that disagreement Mm -hmm. i agree that college is supposed to open your mind but if you were to bring back when i was in school of course it was a whole different ball game and we had this a lot um and i was the president of the gay straight alliance at my college so i mean and that was at a time when washington didn't have laws that protected you yeah so i can i understand that but if someone were when i was in school to bring let's say Reverend Phelps, when Reverend Phelps was alive from the Westboro Baptist church and say, he's going to come and give a talk. He is, he calls for your death as a homosexual. Mm -hmm. He is, all he has is hateful words. I would protest that. Yeah. And I would say, I get it that that is an idea that is, but it, because it is actually a violent, really uh, addressing of my existence, I don't think he has a right to be at my school. Right, right. So what I think needs to happen is there needs to be guidelines. And I'm sure that there are, but they haven't released to anybody. So what I'm saying is I feel like there's missing pieces. I would like to believe that the University of Chicago, which is a prestigious school, mm-hmm. uh, have guidelines. That they're just not going to let anybody. Sure. So yeah, yeah, right. But there's a right. difference between... They won't between... let a KKK leader come in and speak. Right. right. You would. You would but hope
0: and assume. You would
1: hope... But with the way they leave their letters so open and to be so blunt about it, it makes you go, wait, what, where are your guidelines for how you choose to allow speakers? Well, because we don't know. Because the fact is, yes, we are very overly politically correct in our society. Sometimes some of us are overly sensitive. mm -hmm. But the fact is, part of that is because we have come to a culture that is very violent mm -hmm. when it disagrees. Look at a Trump rally. Can we yeah. look at some of even exactly. Hillary's or Bernie's rallies?
0: People don't know
1: how to respectfully, disagree yeah, yeah, disagree,
0: well, and that's it, it's such an issue for us. Is how do we disagree and have that civil discourse? Because mm-hmm. that is one whole, you know, big pie we haven't even looked into. And I think um, it, it's, it it says something about how much the University of Chicago lets their students have a voice. Because if students are protesting against a speaker. If they are, you aren't know, aren't standing up saying, we and don't say, want exactly, if they're saying no, we want you to give us trigger words or we want mm-hmm. this, wouldn't you do that for the students? Right, you're not there That's to be the teachers. The the students should have a bigger say in how the university That's runs. That's why at the that question
1: point. has come up as to where who was the letter yeah, for exactly. You know, I want to Houston. I want to bring you in on that conversation, mm-hmm. if you do not mind, because you were at WSU the last couple years. Uh, what's it like at, at the big university campus down there when it comes to
2: speakers and you know, the exchange of ideas. I think it's, I mean, compared to what um, that college seems like, mm-hmm. I think WCU is completely different. Mm-hmm. They, inf- I mean, they don't really enforce stuff, but they... Okay. Wow, <laughs> they that don't came enforce out weird. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they don't enforce just, you anything. Just come, you it's free-for-all. It's <laughs> no, like no, no, Evergreen. No. I didn't say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell about that. Sorry. They have, uh, like, <laughs> clubs for everything and stuff like that. And so... Yeah. uh even though sometimes you don't know i mean i don't even know if i'm going to make sense at this point mm-hmm. but <laughs> keep babbling something yeah. comes out that's hey, how we
1: right? that's how we approach every show how did i have a radio Not show again <laughs> yeah. um, it's just well was well, there I, ever I, they, speakers yeah. brought to wsu
0: Was there ever one that you're like huh Maybe not. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't be here. No, okay. not at all. Do no. you feel like the students that were there had safe places in the university? Yes. You think? Yeah? Yes. Anybody mm-hmm. who was of color, LGBT. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. And especially in the main building, in the Cub, Compton mm. Union Building, the top floor had all these different clubs for if you were Asian or African American right. or, like, since I'm half Hawaiian, I could mm. go to that club if I wanted to. There was right. a club for being Hawaiian. Yeah. And so, um, well, that, then, that is kind of like the safe
1: place. One right? of the arguments in the email back from Professor Stone and in what they've been trying to say at the school was listen, you have clubs for these things. What we're saying is outside of that club, we would like to bring speakers that maybe challenge the way we all think. You have your safe space when you go to this club. Out here, we want you to at least entertain other ideas. In practice, I mean, in, um, uh, words and theory. Mm-hmm. I get that, but I don't feel like the theory follows the practice. You know what I mean? I don't think it, it comes out as yeah. safe as, as the pretty words make it sound.
0: Right. Well, and I think that, you know, having different ideas and seeing those different ideas is one thing, but having someone come in who has those different ideas and may be harmful to someone is different. Right. I think the, the really big thing here, I think is the harm that might be done. Isn't that there's different ideas being introduced mm-hmm. There's censorship of anything. I think it's if somebody comes in who may be harmful uh, in any way to or student, incite or in, exactly. incite harm. Exactly. In or, yeah, to promote that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really where it comes down to, because even if you are, you know, subconsciously or you didn't mean to offend someone um, by saying something, I mean, that that's one thing. But if you come in, you preach that hate or you, you right. specifically know that. I think that well, that like, is an instant of you know maybe we don't need them here. Right. That's Just not where like university the, is um,
1: in Idaho. The uh, it was at a fair I think the Duck Dynasty yes. people were coming. Well, the they came is here. They have said last year, yeah, and they mm-hmm. have said time and again yep. they have preached violence against the LGBT community. Absolutely, they haven't said we disagree in a civil manner and with right. the way they live their lives. They have said yeah that they've used the word murder and all yeah. of this stuff. So here's the problem. So you have. Have, when you have someone like that go to uh to a school are you vetting them by the violent words that they said because mm-hmm. yes it's a different point of view but the fact is they have uh they have asked their people they have said violent things and and suggested that they be done to people that they disagree with. Right. Well there's a problem there and yet that man has gone on college tours. Mm-hmm. There where where are our guidelines? Yeah. And I think that's what the University of Chicago needs to release. Pretty words is fine but where are your guidelines? Right? So it's fine I get it. Let's have an exchange of ideas and put us in our, you know, outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. But Prove to me that the safety of our students comes before the safety of our ideas. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that's that's important. Yeah. I want to invite everybody. We're going to take a break in a minute, but I want to invite anybody who's listening. You probably have an opinion. Everybody seems to, um, especially on this. Even if you disagree with us, you are welcome to call in and share that. We'll give you a you know at least a good 30 seconds to share it. You just call 509-747-3807. Kurt is standing
0: by to take those calls, but let's take a break. Let's do it. This is going to be Angela McCluskey with You and Me. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. And
1: that was our featured artist of the show. We only do that every once in a great while. That was Angela McCluskey. You got it right this time. I did. I you usually did. say Mikulski, but it's Mikluski. Mikulski. her new album, hard, The Roxy Sessions, comes out on September 9th. You can pre-order now. If you pre-order, you get three songs. Three. Right away, instead of just pre-ordering and knowing you, you, you get yours first. Yep. Anyways, a lot of fun. Check her out. She has some really cool music. Really yeah, cool music. I really liked her. I, I uh, like her music and like her exactly. as a person. So we've been talking about the controversial letter from the University of Chicago. Uh, it was their letter to new students. Welcome back to school, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to make this way different, and we're going to tell you that we we don't believe in trigger warnings. We do not want to do um, uh, safe... Like, there's no safe spaces that you need to come here knowing mm-hmm. it gonna it's going to get uncomfortable now and then, and we want right. to have... Uh, civil discussion of different ideas. All great ideas are always amazing when you talk about them, <laughs> but when you put them in practice, that's when sometimes things fall apart. Mm-hmm. Communism. I'm just saying. So
0: glad. I mean, you know, what a good, interesting concept. Yeah. It
1: doesn't work when humans get involved.
0: Right. And there, yeah, there's a lot of room for, for that kind of thing. Now, I think there's a, there's a lot of angles, obviously, here, but I think one of the... One of the things that people have been talking about is how, um, you know, we've become so politically correct and how people want to get away from being politically correct now. And that is, I think, started by a lot of what's happening in the political race right now with Donald Trump. I mean, there's a whole thing there where they don't appreciate Or don't want to follow the political correctness. And, you know, I think that it it has become kind of one of those source subjects where, Mm -hmm. oh, you're just being politically correct. That's not how you really feel kind of thing. Or you're just, um, you know, you're graying the, you're muddying the waters here. But I think that, you know, there's a level of respect that isn't just political correctness. That's that's straight up respect. That's what you have to give or Mm -hmm. you should give. To your fellow, you know, yeah. citizen, exactly. human being, the way we should be civil peer. to each other. Yeah. And
1: we have proven, like children, that we are unable we are to unable be civil. We are unable to. I want to read some listener comments. Lori Steiner uh, said, It's not a permission slip to speak hate, but a warning that if you want higher education, you may learn things in the classroom that may make you uncomfortable. Is that shocking? Um, I understand what you're saying, but, you know, like I said before... I want to know where the guidelines are. Mm-hmm. I want to know how you're going to make sure... One thing to hear something that makes me uncomfortable. It's another thing if, what let's say you're in class and you're an LGBT student and that teacher decides to tell you that they think you you should go to hell. Or they think... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's different. Yeah. And if there are no guidelines, just to we should all be able to have... Right. Then you have to have guidelines. And right. that's
0: what I want to see. Well, exactly. And again, I think this is where the definition portion comes in, how we define it. It's not a censorship of ideas at all. It's a, it's a protection of those who have been, you know, mistreated in the past because of different ideas. And, and you're right. I mean, you can learn things and you will learn things that make you uncomfortable. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many, how many times uh, d- have my parents, uh, when I was going to school, told me, never listen to what they're going to tell you about evolution. That's going to make you uncomfortable. That, oh, whole, yeah. that yeah. whole side <laughs> of it. You know that whole side. Oh, of it. A lot yeah. of uh, religious people know that. You're going to go to school. You're going to learn about that. You dis- And that's and what I you do. You when you disagree to, with yeah. something, you disregard it. But you have to learn those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where that kind of comes in is you're going to learn stuff. That's fine. Right. The I, learning isn't the problem. That's not the problem. And
1: that is, and I think that's exactly right. So you have both sides. Uh, you have the side of people who have been yeah. victimized, side of people who have been through traumatic stuff. We say the LGBT community because, of course, that's our mm-hmm. experience. But there's so many oh, minority yeah. communities oh, yeah. out there that have felt. So that's the side saying, listen, I want my safe place because I want to learn and I'm going to college to educate myself and I want to feel safe there. And then you have the other side that does typically, I do not want to stereotype, but it does typically come from people who maybe have not had to experience Mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature who are saying, hey, but you need to get uncomfortable because this is the real world and you can be safe in the classroom, but the fact is, and I think that comes from
0: a luxury. I think so, too.
1: It's a luxury to be able to say, it's a privilege mm-hmm. that you're able to say, well, this is how it should be, because I'm not saying all of them, but I would I would uh, venture to say a lot of them have not experienced that prejudice in school or that um, beaten down just for being who you are oh, yeah. or existing. Right. Right. I feel like t- for to be so black and white on either side mm-hmm. is to disregard oh, yeah. that there yeah. are nuances here that should have been addressed. The letters should have been... They should have been clearer with their language. I've heard that a Mm -hmm. lot from people, that if they didn't mean that, they shouldn't have said that. Exactly. Um, Because I think... I don't think anybody's disagreeing that you go to college to broaden your mind. That's
0: exactly what the point of it is.
1: But you go to college to broaden your mind in an... uh, But not feel... There's a difference between feeling uncomfortable and feeling fear. And where these people are saying i don't want to feel fear when i'm in school exactly
0: well and it's a prime example is the black lives movement if mm-hmm. somebody is teaching about you know what has happened in all these cities and the black lives movement and the um terrible things that have happened to you know african american citizens that's one thing but if they're talking about it there's a very fine line there between mm-hmm. teaching and talking about it and saying well you know this happened because african american and black uh, people commit more crimes or, right. you know, you guys are just, you know, riffra- and, you know, there's a line I think between we should not and
1: cannot support. Those. Exactly. So
0: there's a, there's a line between what you learn that makes you uncomfortable and being uncomfortable because the teacher or, you know, the person speaking or the students or anybody is, you know, uh, offending you or making you feel very unsafe. And so I feel like the school
1: and a lot of schools are saying that it's a publicity thing. Yeah. They just wanted publicity and I think the school has created a lot of this firestorm by being willfully vague mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or using very hot to- hot words like uh, safe, place and safe places and warnings. trigger warnings. Yeah. Um, they have created this in that they haven't followed up with an actual... Like the president right. and the dean, neither of them have uh, come out to be more specific about this letter sent. Yeah. So, And I think they've created this chaos that y- oh, yeah. I think we're all up in arms... And we don't have all the information because we're not being shown all the information. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. There needs to be more transparency on it. And I think some more uh, people addressing that. You know what's funny is I think that there's definitely a culture out there um, that finds – this is directly addressing students who are, at this point – Mostly millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be older students as well, but that are saying millennials and this generation is the generation that gets offended by everything. Yeah. that are super sensitive. That is a label. Everything that is, placed, is, yeah, yeah everything uh, is going to offend them. You cannot be more. Yeah, you want everything you to be very sterilized PC. and yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, this is just my opinion here, but I think that uh, first of all, don't be as offensive, so we don't get offended. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the the side of it isn't that we're more offended. It's we're louder about it, and we speak up about it, Yeah. and that has and happened historically. I mean, way back when. i was going to say, look at the yeah. the '60s, look Absolutely. at the '70s. I
1: mean, there's why are we shocked? We're just doing it. If you want to ask a the question, way? are we shocked? Yeah, no. Why are we shocked that the students are standing up and saying, hmm? Yeah. yeah.
0: This makes us uncomfortable. That's a great thing. Hey, mm-hmm. listen, we're putting it on Twitter. We're putting it on Facebook. We're blogging about it. We're just talking about it. Right. That is a great way to respond to it mm-hmm. versus we're going and rioting. We're going and shooting people up. We're making, you know, civil so dis- this right. The The response is just different. It's yeah. not changed. And Everybody I think it, to go back to before. a comment you made before the last break, which
1: is if the students are telling you this is not yeah. what they want, isn't that isn't the college experience about the students? It is, yeah. But of course, they're taking the colleges taking into account alumni who support that college to keep going. Right. Another listener of ours, Tiffany Aldridge, says, um, the misunderstanding or the perhaps miscommunication of what the terms mean, or the watering down and twisting what may be the societal definition of terms, such as safe spaces or trigger warnings, is kind of what ticks me off.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yet again, a willful vagueness. Mm-hmm. Using those hot-button words and phrases and yet not being clear or being willing to follow up does make you question. It has created this firestorm, and then they refuse to address it. Mm. It's very much the Trump way of doing things. Right, right, right. (laughs) Sounds like like it. Because part of me thinks it does kind of sound like there's been some conservative—and this is all just conjecture— but there's been some conservative alumni who want their conservative values— Uh, reflected and they have the money and so they want those controversial uh speakers to be able to be at the campus no matter what and students should have to quote unquote uh uh you know hear them Mm -hmm. it it, whether that's true or not it smacks of that Mm -hmm. in my opinion Mm -hmm. and it makes me you have to question motives you do what are the motives here especially when the the college is as uh, prestige yeah. as uh, the University of Chicago, absolutely. When you're looking at places like Yale and Harvard, who have chosen to listen to their students mm-hmm. and canceled speakers right, that the right. students have protested, they have taken a hit on donations. But do you don't you think it's a it's a hit now that it's short term? I really feel like right. it's going to be fine. Your exactly. to and, and you know what
0: 10 20 years from now when these students graduate and are alumni mm-hmm. they're yes. coming back to donate you too. I mean so are you following the future? Exactly. You know or do you want to keep stepping back in Because time? yeah you take a stance like University of Chicago. I mean listen 30 years from now you're not getting a lot more alumni if you keep on this road. I mean yeah. it's just you're you're it's a yeah, long term plan yeah, really. I,
1: you're not looking past the end of your nose. Yeah because right. your future your future donations are not coming from mm-hmm. the 80-year-old alumni right. who doesn't like that his maybe some of his conservative views are not being exactly are not It's just, it's just something we have to it.
0: look about. Look look at and I think this week we'll see more and oh, we're going to see a lot about more. It.
1: I will be interested in seeing if the dean or the president and hopefully uh, the do. college will come out and mm-hmm. be a little more clear. I will say the the email back to our friend Blaine um, Stum was just for I mean he just sent it to Blaine so Blaine was nice enough to share it with us so not even Professor Stone has come out and said those things that we read and said listen I was miss. I think I was uh, you know put out there right. and, and my views were not real so not even he has come out and said it we only know it because we got that personal email
0: from our friend right so absolutely absolutely all right one last song here today again uh, by Angela McCluskey this is going to be Crying and- you are back with KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. It's been a fun two
1: hours. Yes. Again, that was our featured artist of today's show, Angela McCluskey. You can uh, get her new album on September 9th, uh, The Roxy Sessions, uh, rec- or mastered, recorded, written a lot of them at the mm-hmm. Roxy Hotel in New York City. Anyway, she's a lot of fun. Check her out. You can go to angela McCluskey.com. To see more about her. We've just been talking about the controversial uh, letter from the Dean of Students for University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And what is what is university for and how do you have a safe place in which to exchange ideas? Exactly. And that starts with a culture that knows how to do that. Exactly. A culture <laughs> that is open know. to new ideas, right. first of all. yeah, And doesn't react with violence when it is different than your yeah.
0: own. Well, and we'll be expecting a lot more response from that this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Next week, we will come back, uh, check in on that, what's happening there. And we also have uh, our favorite Dr. Damon Jacobs, not a real doctor, uh, (laughs) on talking a little bit about what kind of questions you have. So send in your questions. So send them in. We'll
1: be putting things up on Facebook this week. But send in your questions, relationship, dating, whatever you want to talk about,
0: sex, HIV, STD, anything, all All of it. it.
1: We are here for you. So it'll be a fun show.
0: All right. Until next time.